Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. Hour number two already. Let's go down to Port O'Connor and get kicked off with uh, Captain Lynn Smith this hour. Lynn, what's up? Oh, not a whole lot. It, uh, I just stuck my nose outside, and it looks like it's dead calm out there right now. Really but, down uh, your way? Boy, it's breezy up here, man. we got an east Well, I'm sure it's up. coming. I'm sure yeah. it's coming. You know, with these showers, these showers, uh, there's wind with them. And, uh, yeah, I was looking at radar down. earlier. Y'all may get some rain out of the Gulf the way it looked like it was moving this morning. I hadn't checked it lately. But, but we uh, could sure use it. Yeah. yeah, you could. Yeah, we could definitely use some rain. It's still real dry. We got a shower over last week, I guess it was, that, you know, it was came down pretty good, maybe inch, inch and a half. And mm-hmm. uh, heck, an hour later, there was no water in the ditches. You know, it's, no, it, the ground uh, just soaked it up. It just drinks it, doesn't it? Oh, there's I'm some, uh, There's a pretty good shower uh, on East Matagorda Bay and one just above the harbor there towards Bay City, and then there's Port Lavaca's got a couple of showers around it. So Yeah. They're coming out. I of haven't heard any, I haven't heard any thunder, though. Uh, no, but looks like but, all the thunder's to the east of you right now. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we can use the rain, no doubt about it. South no Texas doubt. can use it too, you know. Yep. Down to ranches. But um we we need the rain. It benefits everybody, including the deer. So you know, boy, we're at that time of the of the year, man. First of October, you know, we can we can start shooting deer. <laughs> yeah, bow season <laughs> opened yesterday morning. Yeah. And uh on M L D uh you know, you can start October 1st. I mean, you can start shooting, shooting deer. So, so, um, you know, we try to, we try not to as much as possible. We try not to because it's too hot, you know, no doubt. It's just way too hot. It's hard to make kind of tough sitting in a deer stand and, and uh, sweating, <laughs> especially know? in a box blind. And bow oh, hunters, that's they, true. they have it tough enough sitting up in a tree in a bow stand. I know it. I know it. Yeah, I was, uh, I had a hunter one time that, uh, we, we were trying to get this one big buck and, and this one area, we had two tripods set up right in the middle of a mesquite tree and, uh, side to side. And, uh, so 
I had a ghillie suit on and uh, I, I got another one from a buddy of mine and let my customer wear it. And uh, we were sitting up there in the tree. He told me later, he said, you know, I looked over at you and you were completely blended in with the foliage. He said, it was amazing, <laughs> you know, and uh, the deer walk right by you. You know, they don't even pay any attention to you. But uh, I was full camoed up, ghillie suit, had face mask, gloves, everything, you know. So it uh, makes a big difference. But anyway, this time of the year, boy, you'd burn up. Oh, you'd, you'd smother to death. Oh, you would. I went down to uh, this, this friend of mine's ranch last year, and uh, I was down going to scout. And, uh, well, we were going to shoot some does. We were going to take some does. And um, I went to this one stand, and, and I walked in there in the dark and shined my light, you know, and I didn't see anything up high. And I, I, I turned to the left, and that whole wall was red washed. <laughs> it was just covered. Uh. The wall was covered in them. And uh, I carry a can of spray with me, though. And, uh, oh, I sprayed those babies. <laughs> I, had them, I had them all over that stand, <laughs> You know, and how they're walking around, they're crawling on you and everything else. I never got stung, but boy, there were a lot of them. And uh, so I said, uh, the next day, I said, I'm going to hunt a different stand, man. <laughs> that stand got too many wasps. I went to another stand. It was the exact same thing. Uh, boy, those, those wasps were just gathered up in those stands big time. Man, it pays to carry a can of wasp spray with you. It does. I guarantee you. Blaine has two or three cans in every stand. Yeah, and, that's what he's in. You know, you there's not many it. red wasps around his area. There is nasty yellow jackets. That's the ones I hate. They're mean. Oh, yeah. Them yellow jackets, yeah. they'll come get you, buddy. Oh, they will. And, you know, I never was allergic to them until just the last few years. And now if I get stung on the hand, my whole arm will swell up. You know, it's uh, it's not a good thing. You know, when I was a kid, I was allergic to them. I had to, I remember, I don't know, I was eight or nine years old, and uh, we'd gone up to the country to visit my one of my mom's aunts or something, and I got stung on the wrist by one. And I developed a super high fever and couldn't breathe on the way home in the car, and she had to take me to emergency room. And I think they gave me an adrenaline shot. I'm not real sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I had to, I had to pitch a baseball game that night, and uh, she asked the doctor, "Well, can he play ball tonight?" I said, "Well, yeah, let's take him home, let him take a nap, and uh, if he gets up feeling good, let him go play ball." I, I pitched my first no hitter that night. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I said, "Man, I need to go get stung by a wasp every every game day." <laughs> yeah, you just need to get a shot every day. That's it, or that adrenaline shot, something, boy. But, uh, oh man. But I'm not Man, allergic to them like I used to be. Boy, I backed into one dove hunt one day. I, we were hunting, you know, over in the Winnie area, and I backed up against a big old wolf bush, and it had a giant one in there. And I don't know how many stings I had on my butt and the back of my legs through the blue jeans. And oh my goodness! Luckily, there was a doctor there, and he uh, he had some Benadryl in his bag. I ate a couple of them. I was all right. Didn't affect mm -hmm. me. I know it was hot. Yeah, though. God, it was hot. I always carry Benadryl with me. Yeah, just in case. Well, I tell you what, we we, we were on a friend of mine's ranch in uh, Carrizo Springs, and uh, we had one stand, a little box stand, uh, sitting on the ground, 
and actually it was sitting on a pallet. It was built on top of a pallet, but we had it sitting on cinder blocks. And uh, the bees got in there around that, underneath that blind on that pallet, and they they had a big nest in there. So we we couldn't hunt that stand. I mean, it was just too many bees, you know. And uh, so we got this wild idea, and we 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 built us another stand to take the place of that one. <laughs> and uh, so this buddy of mine says, "Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll run a rope through the windows, tie it to my trailer hitch." and jerk that stand off those cinder blocks and drag Uh-oh. it down the sendero. I said, okay. So not good. sound like a good plan. <laughs> not yeah. Good. yeah, you know what's coming. <laughs> so we had a, a tractor with a front end loader on it. We had this stand on it, new stand. And well, we drove it over there. And I'm, I'm standing behind that front end loader with that new stand. And we're, I'm probably 50 yards maybe from, from the old stand. And uh, that buddy of mine ran that rope through the windows of that blind, and I gave him a signal, and he jerked that blind off those cinder blocks, started down the Sendero dragging that blind. <laughs> and those bees found me, I mean, so fast, it was incredible. Oh, my they were gosh. All over, they were stinging me all over my head and everything. I took off running after him, and luckily he stopped in the Sendero, and I jumped into that truck along with about, 30 bees you know 30 or 40 bees but as soon as they got in the truck they quit being aggressive all they wanted was out and uh, but i bet you i got stung 30 or 40 times my head swelled up like a basketball i bet it <laughs> did oh boy that was you know i was worried brutal. about blaine all that mowing he does down there in south texas you know with the, yeah, oh, yeah. the tractors and everything you run over I mean, you, you you rile them up. That that's not a good deal. Especially no, it's not. No, no, you they they can get aggressive. Yes, there've been a lot of guys, you know, killed like that, died from it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it's happened down here, Port O'Connor. A friend of mine was cutting grass, and boy, the bees just attacked him. He was on a ride in lawnmower. Oh boy. And, uh, Man, they got after him, and uh, I mean, he had to go to the hospital. It's a wonder he didn't die. But like you said, they were giving him shots and everything else. But, but uh, you know, it was it was bad. It was it was pretty close. Yeah, he, he was, was fortunate. He got to the yes, hospital he was. quick. Boy, they'll they'll take you out, brother. Let me knock this oh, break out, Lynn. I'll be right back, man. All right, man. All right. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse croakers located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. If you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's from their tanks to your bait well. Hey, can't get any better. And uh, no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system you can check them out firsthand there at the store they have them on display all their different size bottles plus their regulators and diffusers plus you can have your bottles refilled right there at the store and check out all their wild caught guff guff shrimp no farm raised at boyd's you can find them in the 9 12 16 18s whatever size you're looking for they've always got them great price great availability today would be a good day to, to do shrimp with a ball game so check it out at boyd's or you can call uh, 409-945-4001 or check them out on the web at boydsonestop.com. And when you go by and see the good folks at Boyd's, please tell them 
Captain Mickey sent you. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. My Maria. Don't you know I... Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. Let's go back to Lynn Smith. All right, Lynn, we're back, my friend. Good, good. I, uh, I, you know, it won't be too long. We'll be begging for warm, warm weather. <laughs> you know I it? know. Hey, we're never happy, are we? <laughs> No. <laughs> hey, for seven years, it was too much rain. Now we don't have enough, you know, Texas uh-huh. extremities. We can't get anything in moderation whatsoever. No, no. And we the wouldn't be happy if we did. We still have to whine about it, you know? Well, the only good thing about this hot weather, you know, that, that high pressure kept the hurricanes off of us, you know, um, so, so far. It did. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not over yet, but uh, sure is looking good. Hey, yes, I'll take is. a drought and high pressure and all that over them canes any day. Oh, just you, their life I'm telling changers. you. They'll destroy I'm your life. You. Oh, yeah, I know it. Yeah. Well, my house is like I'm 120 yards from the intercoastal. You know? Yeah, that ain't good. No. <laughs> not if a rip snorter comes through there. No. No. We don't need another My Carla. Sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be bad, wouldn't well, it? Well, I remember right down there, that was, it looked like a war zone after Carla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was picking houses up and moving them. It was moving houses, blocks, you know. Oh, it, Man, that's it a force bad. to be reckoned with, isn't it? You know, a it direct is. hit by one of those would be in the path of it. Jeez. A friend of mine, uh, his father was stationed on that Coast Guard station right. out there, you know, uh, right at Solaria. And uh, so they left the skeleton crew out there. Oh, they said they, they want these seven or eight guys or whatever. And uh, they didn't want anybody breaking in and, you know, uh, taking stuff or whatever. So they had a skeleton crew out there. Well, the storm, Carlos started getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Finally, they just said, the heck with this. And they loaded in a boat and they, they went in. They went to the mainland you know well after that storm they found a locker from that coast guard station about 35 miles in inland that's how bad those storms are a locker 
I mean, you don't know what's gonna what it's gonna do. You know, every time y'all had. I'm a trying to remember up. after uh, after Ike. I think Cliff Webb was telling me he found a mailbox from Galveston <laughs> that the currents oh, had carried down there and washed up on the beach. I, I think wouldn't it was be a Cliff. We, you know, the last time y'all had a hurricane or whatever, uh, we ended up with a lot of stuff on our beaches from y'all. You know, I'm yeah. talking four wheelers, everything imaginable, you know, appliances. Uh, it was crazy. Well, and, and even uh, after Harvey, that extreme flood we had, that biblical flood, uh-huh. you know, after it, after it came in and flattened Rockport and then, you know, how it got stationary and dumped all that rain over this way. They were finding stuff down that way from up here, just from the floodwaters washing it out through the jetties and going down the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went down to Key Allegro in Rockport uh, about three days after the storm. Right. After Harvey. And uh, a friend of mine, a couple of friends had houses there in Key Allegro. So I told them I'd run down there and check their house. So I I pulled up. I came over that little bridge, and they had a roadblock there. They right. had guard. And they weren't letting people in unless you're a homeowner, you know. And uh, they stopped me and asked me if I was. And I said, no, but I've got two friends that are, and they want me to check their house. And uh, they let me go in. I did. I guess I didn't look like a crook, you know. But no, they let me you in. You look far from that. <laughs> yeah. You're not a leader. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. So I went in, and it was amazing. I mean, there'd be a slab where a house used to be. And next to them, the house would look fine. I saw this one house looked like it hadn't been touched. Obviously, a tornado had come through and taken that other house. And uh, but then you a closer look, the whole backside of that, that house that was looks good was gone. The backside wow. of it was gone. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. You saw a lot of strange stuff like that. They claimed that Hurricane Harvey probably had more tornadoes in it than any storm that's that's hit the coast i know carla had a ton in it you know you could see oh. that on west galveston island how it would yeah. uh spare a couple of houses and everything else was just leveled there was nothing around them man you know like we had one there at bay harbor only three shingles were missing off the roof and everybody around us was totally gone isn't that weird oh man i'm telling you well that's tornadoes for you yeah you know, Alicia uh, had a Harvey. pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, pile of tornadoes in that northeast quadrant off of it yeah. back in '83. Well, I'll tell you what, boy, there was there was some damage done down in Rockport from Harvey. Oh, it was and, terrible. Uh, I I drove down there to um, oh St. Charles Bay, and that whole drive from off the highway there back down towards St. Charles. Remember all those trees, all those big old oak trees, those you know, beautiful oak, trees. yeah. Yeah, and big mesquites and all that. Well, I mean, it was just like a bomb had gone off. Oh, oh. I mean, unreal. They really uh, it really had some damage. Damage done. That was but, always uh, the coolest thing driving down Fulton Beach Road there on the bay on Aransas Bay at Rockport. Mm-hmm. watching how all those oaks along that shoreline grew from the yeah. bay back to the north, you know, the way the, because the predominant wind blowing them uh-huh. made them grow funny looking. Now, I always thought yeah, that leaning. was so cool looking, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 
And, you know, Harvey tore down all those telephone poles, you know, from uh, from almost um, almost Port Lavaca all the way to uh, Rockport. Right. And, boy, they put in new telephone poles along that highway. It sure looks neat. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> they, they did a real good job. But, um, but boy, I tell you what. Well, those are those people stories. that are uh, unappreciated as landmen. People don't yeah. realize what they go through with these oh, light companies after these storms well, you and know, events. I don't know how they hold up. They're well, you know, a lot of them tough come son from of out of guns, state. Man. A lot of these guys come from out of state, you know, the linemen and all that to help out, and that's, that's super. And uh, I remember uh, Hurricane uh, Claudette came through and hit Port O'Connor dead on. And uh, so my transformer right behind my house had blown. So here I was without electricity and I had a generator and I was keeping my freezers going. And, and these guys, two guys from the light company showed up and I told him, I said, I think that transformer's blown back there. And this guy standing up the pole and he said, yep, yep, it's gone. I said, man, how long is it going to be till I can get a new transformer and get power in here? He said, oh, man, it might be a week or two. I said, uh, oh, my goodness. I said, you know, I, I can't afford that. I've, I've got to keep, I got these freezers going with a lot of deer meat and, and shrimp and all that. And I said, you know, I'm, I don't want to lose anything. Well, that afternoon, that same guy showed up with a brand new transformer. And I said, man, I, I owe you some fishing trips, <laughs> you know. And, uh, <laughs> I'd love you up with some deer meat anyway. Oh, I could have, yeah. And uh, they had that electricity going in no time. We had mm. we had power in Port O'Connor before Victoria did. Amazing. It was. It seems like they, they want to help out the people right on the coast first. They know they're the most hurt, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, they need their power to get things going and start cleaning up and doing repair work. Oh, yeah. Get their homes in yeah. order. But boy, well, they I know after Alicia, back. I think that's the longest I've ever gone without power on Trinity Bay, and that was uh, two weeks. Huh. And then after Ike, they did a pretty good job. I think I had power back in about uh, five to seven days, which I thought was yeah. – I just knew it was going to be another two-week deal like Alicia was. But yeah, I was sure glad to see it on in about six or eight days. It was amazing. The ball and Claudette came through, and our power was down. I had one friend out there in the street had a generator. And so uh, four families, four of us, were swapping out that generator, and it would run for about three hours <laughs> on a tank of gas. And so we'd swap it out just to keep the freezers frozen and everything. Yeah, if you'll, and, uh, uh, if you'll charge them up, you know, uh, get them cold, you know, frozen again, That if you don't yeah. open the door, they'll last about 12 hours. That's right. Exactly. And uh, so we were swapping this generator around, boy, and I mean, and I had downstairs my house, uh, I have a bedroom downstairs with a window unit, and I said, uh, I said, I want that generator at, at night, <laughs> because I want to I want to sleep good. So we got that generator at, down there, and I fired up that little air conditioner, and you could have hung meat in that room, I guarantee you, and it would have been fine, because it was so cold and felt good. And about 10 o'clock that night, the power came back on. <laughs> oh, and, boy. Uh, and the funny part about it was we had swapped this generator around between four houses. 
And the only house that lost any appliance, like a freezer or refrigerator, was the guy that owned the generator. <laughs> <laughs> he saved us, but uh, but he lost a, a freezer. But uh, that was funny. But after after Claudette, I went and bought me a generator. I said this isn't going to happen again. Yeah, after uh, after what we went through in uh, Alicia in '83. I was I I had two generators, and, yeah, uh, two seven thousands, and you know I can uh, run straight to the breaker box with them with a big heavy cord, and then just switch them out. I'll run one till it runs out of gas, and then fire the other one up and plug into it, and mm, just keep it going. And you can use your TVs, oh, yeah. computers, you know, all your appliances. You just can't run your central air, right. but I got those little backup roll around portable. Uh, air conditioners for bedrooms so you can sleep at night i can't sleep oh, yeah. when it's sweltering hot just can't oh do no. it. it's just no miserable. the sheets stick to your back you know oh man uh, oh it's terrible but no i uh i fired up i got me a generator when uh, harvey came through um you know i had I right back to the house as soon as i could and i, I just went to victoria to ride the storm and uh, when i left that morning to come back to uh, Port O'Connor, I was the only car on the highway. That was it. Yeah, I never like saw another town. <laughs> it did. It did. But I rolled into town and man, I got that generator out and cranked it up and started plugging in appliances. Man, I didn't lose any any meat at all because uh, I had everything going good. I remember seeing that ghost town look. You know when we did uh, Hurricane uh, Ike and we we were all up. You know on the 19th floor here at the studios and uh, calling in the hurricane and all that. And I remember driving home that morning after, you know, everything had kind of died down a little bit. And, man, it was just like there's no people anymore. Man, I couldn't believe, you know, it was just weird. And all the destruction, when I got over my way, I I couldn't believe it. Man, all the no. yachts up on 146. and Oh, yeah. Lord, what a mess. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I grew up in Port Arthur and I, I rode out a couple oh, of storms that, over that there. That area over there has been hit hard so many times over the years. Oh yeah. I remember Hurricane Audrey and, uh, I was a kid and Audrey came across, um, Cameron, Louisiana. And then the eye came directly over us in Port Arthur. But I remember looking out the window at, uh, the shingles blowing off the of houses yeah, I remember watching that. But you know, we never had high water in Port Arthur. I mean, just never did. And uh, oh, we got some rainwater. You I should mean, have seen it after up. Harvey. I mean, they oh, I, they got like Bill Bill Watkins said some areas got sixty three to seventy inches over there. And oh we were goodness. totally underwater over my way with fifty three inches. Man, oh, man. Think yeah, about that. Fifty-three inches of rain. That—that mm. that was the weirdest thing when I uh, went over the Cedar Bayou Bridge there in Baytown. It looked like the Mississippi River. I'm going. This is, you know, you just your brain doesn't register that because you've lived there all your life. And <laughs> right. Hey, and when all that water went down, there was debris up in the top of those 30 and 40 foot trees, you know, toilet paper and plastic bags. I mean, oh. just, it was a, it was a mess. And oh, all that man. flushed through Galveston Bay. I mean, that, uh, 
Well, you talk about the last tied out, brother. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it flushed everything. Oh, it was, oh uh, man. It was something to see. That's uh, probably out of all of the stuff I've been through. That that flood right there was, we thought Allison was bad. That was nothing. That was a thunderstorm compared to, mm-hmm. you know, that Harvey event. Let me yeah. knock this break out, Lynn. I'll be right back, buddy. Hang on. All right. All right, you're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It is 537. All right, Lynn, we are back, my friend. Yeah, one thing that uh, they always want you to do if they have a have a storm, um, the people that have boats and slings uh, have to get them out. I mean, quick. Oh yeah. Uh, get your boat out of the slings. They don't want them swinging around, knocking the the slings down. You know, knocking the boat houses down. So anyway, uh, one one of the funniest things I saw during one of the storms, I think it was Claudette. Um, People had pulled their boats out, got them on their trailers. Well, one thing or another, you know, maybe the trailer, the bearings weren't good, so they didn't want to drag it a long way or whatever. But uh, I went through Sea Drift, and I was I was uh, just north of Sea Drift. I looked over in one of the fields there, one of the pastures, and there's two boats sitting out there on the trailers with the anchors out. <laughs> with the anchors out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put the anchors out just in case. <laughs> just in case, Will. <laughs> I thought that was a classic. I should have taken a picture of that. <laughs> that was funny. But I remember uh, with Ike, a lot of shrimp boats were tied up, and they, you know, tied up long because I knew we were, knew we were going to have a good tide surge, and but they weren't expecting the surge we got, and uh, man. it just pulled the pilings out of the mud. And they were Ooh. still attached to the ropes to the shrimp boats and, and other boats and then pushed up into the trees. I mean, high and dry, my uncle. Jimmy had a uh, 38 Bertram he had converted into a shrimp boat just for him to tool around and play with, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, it I, I forget how much money it cost him. He had to rent some big traco-like deal to go in there and pick it up and inch oh, it man. closer and closer to the water. And then we had to get a tugboat to latch onto it and drag it through that soft muddy shallow lake to get it out oh. to the channel and uh but that boat was totally operational right after that it just took a ride with the tides 
Man. All those big pilots just tied off to that boat and it drug them right up into the trees up in this big old bluff with, you know, with uh, oak trees. They're all seated hmm. by you. It's crazy, man. Well, when Carla came in, um, you know where Ganeda is on 59. Right. Um, there was a shrimp boat up in the field just south of Ganeda. <laughs> right there by the town. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, you know. Robert Cervello's making fun of us, by the way. He sent me a text saying, back in 1942. I sent him a nice text back. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Back in yeah, the day. But that, but at least uh, let's hope we never get another 1900 hurricane. You know, that was horrible. But, uh, Boy, that was, man, I'll tell you. My mother had relatives that deceased in that storm. Well, you know, I mentioned before on, on there, but uh, anybody interested in an uh, interesting book, read Isaac Storm. And that was Isaac was the meteorologist in Galveston when that storm came in in 1900. That's the name so, of it, uh, Isaac Storm? Yeah. Isaac Storm? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm writing that and, down because uh, I'd like to, I like reading no, stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. There was an orphanage there. And these nuns tied ropes to these kids and themselves because the water, the surge had gotten so high and they all drowned. Every one of them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that was unbelievable. They said the first boats that came in through the Harbor came in through the jetties and into the bays were pushing bodies. That's how many people died in that storm. Oh yeah. That was, that was, that was so sad. Oh gosh, yes. Yep. That that was terrible. But anyway, I think we're a little more prepared now than yeah, we were back then. Weather wise, we're a little more sophisticated these days. I noticed they, that, you know these, these hurricane it, tracker guys, you know, with the weather channel all that, they got it down to a science now. They, oh, they, they do. know where to set up and be there. They they can pinpoint them pretty good. They do. But you know, back then the houses didn't have the construction like they do now. I mean, we got hurricane clips on the, on the rafters and all that. And, uh, and that saves a lot of houses. It really does. Uh, a friend of mine, a, a girl that I went to high school with, she and her husband have a house down at crystal beach. Uh -huh. And, uh, when one of the storms came through and their house was a new constructed house. Now they did lose the downstairs, you know, because of the surge. Of course. Idle surge. But uh, but the top yeah that was Ike, hey Crystal yeah. Beach, I you know I've seen a lot but I've never seen anything like that. The, oh yeah. The first footage I saw of it was from a Coast Guard helicopter. It flew over it and I mean, it looked like it'd been nuked. There was nothing yeah. left. Man. And I know people and you know, lost lost everything they had down there. It was just oh absolutely. My uh, my mother and dad and I, we had a house at, at uh, Gilchrist uh, on yep. the Bayside, and um, we, my my dad sold it a week prior to the hurricane coming in, uh, uh, uh. and after the storm, it was gone. It was gone. But uh, yeah, that uh, mother made believe all the debris that was in Galveston Bay after Ike. Oh, I can imagine. You know, that, that was a weird storm because it, uh, you know, I remember sitting in the studio with Robert B. McIntyre and all the people at 610 and 
the other affiliates up there and man we're watching this thing and i had a girl call me while we were on air and uh she goes well uh it doesn't look too bad over here and i knew where she lived and it was it was near me and i said now's the time to leave well it's not that bad here i said yeah the wind's at your back and mm-hmm. you're not gonna you don't have the tide surge yet i said this storm the back end of it is is the one that's going to devastate you because it's going to hit you right in the face out of the southwest. And, uh, yeah. well, they decided to go ahead and ride it out. I mean, they had a window where they could have got on into Baytown to higher ground and, you know, safer area. But uh, they stayed there, and they all thought they were going to die. I mean, that, uh, oh, that, that surge, uh, you know, even – you know, to the back of Trinity Bay and, you know, all the way. Well, it went over I-10 there, the Old Lost River and all through there, Trinity River. But over by High Island and uh, all through that area, 23-foot tide surge. That's some water there, okay. buddy. Oh. And uh, one guy that was uh, even farther east of there, uh, kind of in the, between the Anahuac Refuge and the McFadden Refuge, at a ranch house there they went in by airboat to get him later he had had to well the house totally flooded so he got up in the attic and he had a 12-gauge shotgun and he shot a hole on it through the roof so he could get up on the roof and wait to, for somebody to come rescue him that's how man. bad it was that's a lot of water man mm. oh i'm telling you a lot of water i'm telling you a friend of mine's grandfather was the sheriff of uh, cameron louisiana when Carla came through and um, he was going around in a boat, picking up people off of rooftops because the only two story building in the whole town was the jailhouse. He was taking them over there and they were up on the second floor. And I said, their biggest thing was the fighting the snakes. Yes. Snakes trying to get in there with them, you know, through the windows. Oh yeah. Everything wanting high ground, man. Oh, Absolutely. And a buddy of mine, uh, during one of those storms, I, I don't remember if it was a tropical storm or whatever it was that came through, a buddy of mine had some cows down at uh, Bay City. And uh, he called me. He said, man, I need some help. Will you come down and help me move these cows? I said, sure. So I went down there, and the tidal surge was all, already up high, and these cows were almost, the water was up about halfway on them. And we took a flat-bottom aluminum boat into this pasture. And I'll never forget, I had a little old Kodak camera back then I carried in my pocket. And I took a picture of a cow standing broadside. The water was up. It lacked about a foot and a half of going over her back. And there were three rattlesnakes crawled up on her back. Unbelievable. It was. I carried that picture around showing it to a lot of people. And I, <laughs> oh, I think somebody ended up with that picture. I, I can't find it now. But, man, that was a sight to behold. Yeah. You know, the crazy. snakes were looking for high ground, and, and it seemed like Mother Nature was taking care of them and the cow. I mean, they weren't yeah. going to bite the cow, you know. But, uh, man, they that were was hitchhiking, something. man. They needed to ride out of that mess. Ooh, I'm telling you. Yeah, the, I remember said, after Carla, that was a big deal in Galveston was all the snakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, that I was, was uh, they're important. I remember hearing all the stories and seeing footage on on TV with it. And uh, it's just. Oh, it's terrible. 
they're going to high ground. You know, after one of the storms that came through uh, and the tides, tidal surge got high and all that at Port Arthur, I remember a friend of mine and I, we took a carton of 22 shells a piece. That's 500 rounds. Yeah, a brick of them. Yeah. A brick of them. And we went over and took a boat that the drawbridge was closed. They they raised it and closed it and uh, over the intercoastal. So we took a flat-bottom boat across the intercoastal, got on the other side. Well, back then they had a Ferris wheel and all kinds of stuff at the very right, – right by the bay on Pleasure Pier Island. And uh, we went over there with those 22 rifles, and we started shooting snakes. <laughs> And the, I had a picture for a long time where we had laid snakes on a, on a sidewalk from the intercoastal all the way back toward that Ferris wheel. And it looked like the sidewalk was just solid. There were so many snakes. And w we shot them until we ran out of bullets. I mean, we were, we were done. And other people were out there with sticks, beating them with sticks, killing them with sticks. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> you know, that was a nightmare in the making right there. Gosh. Well, brutal. Seen Those some, storms. Seen Those some storms brutal things over the years, you know, weather what, weather events. What I try to explain to people, too, uh, when we have these so-called big tidal surges, like here in Port O'Connor, they'll say, okay, we're expecting an eight or nine foot surge. Well, it, nine times out of ten, it doesn't get that high here. It may be that high in Port Lavaca at the end of, of Lavaca Bay there mm -hmm. because the wind is forcing that water up against that shore. Right. And it, it causes a, a big surge. And as, as a result, we won't have the tidal surge usually that uh, they have up there. You know, like when... Well, the uh, surge is always bigger where it ends, you know, where it ebbs right. up. Where it... Plays it pushes out. the water. Yes, yeah. that's where it pushes the water. It's all wind-driven. That's right. See, they were expecting about a nine-foot surge here in Port O'Connor uh, from Harvey. And I think our tides got up maybe two feet, maybe three at the most. Hmm. But um, like I said, my house is 120 yards from Intercoastal, and my slab uh, underneath my house is eight feet above sea level. And, uh, I mean, our street didn't even flood. So, you know, we didn't get the surge like they, they said we would. Yeah, it depends they on which side, which side of the aisle you're on. That's right. It does. You know, that, it does. That's, what saved, that's what saved Galveston's bacon with, uh, with Ike. Was, uh, I mean, you couldn't have kicked a field goal between the Galveston jetties any better than what that storm went through there. The mm, eye of it. Man. And that's why, you know, Bolivar was just so devastated. They were on that dirty, nasty side. It it nuked them. It was it was crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you see all kinds of stuff. You know, I think I told you I was during um, Claudette. You know, I, I boarded up my windows, but the, the, my door to my front porch, I didn't board up, and, and uh, I had glass in the door there, and I was looking out the the door. And a ceiling fan came flying down my street. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, from from south to north. And uh, I picked up the phone. I called this friend of mine that's the end of my street. He's on the canal. And I said, uh, Jesse, 
did you lose a ceiling fan? He said, yeah, where is it? I said, well, it just passed my house at about 100 miles an hour, <laughs> right down the middle of the street. He said, well, get it. I said, no, I'm not going to go out there. Well, that we never found that fan. We never did find it. There ain't no telling where that ended up. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, but you see all kinds of strange stuff like that. When Carla came in in 61, uh, at the end of Showwater Bay, there's a little island, and everybody called it Catman Island. I don't know if you remember that spot or not. Yeah, I sure do. But there was a hermit that lived on that island, and and uh, he had a bunch of cats, and that's why they called it Catman. Well, <laughs> when Carla came through, he didn't leave. Well, he did leave, but not by choice. They never no, found he, him. Uh, they never found him. No, I, I, that's that's great. And for years, I remember after before Ike was going to come in, Rick Perry was governor of Texas then, mm-hmm. and he uh, he said for all you folks who are going to stay down in Galveston and Bolivar, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and write your Social Security with a permanent marker, Social Security number on the inside of your forearm? That way, mm-hmm. when we pull you out of the your body out of the rubble, we'll. Uh, We'll know who you are. That's right. I remember him saying that on TV. I said, my God, what's oh, going yeah. to happen? <laughs> and then you, yeah. then you had the press interviewing people on Gals. I'm not leaving. I've never left. It's just a hurricane. It's no big deal. Uh-huh. Well, they did. They got lucky on Galveston Island because that, you know, they were on the cleaner side of it without yeah. the surge and, and the destruction, you know, to the East, like Bolivar got. And, uh, there's some that uh, stayed at Bolivar that didn't make it. Well, there were some at Smith Point that didn't make it. So, and, Man. Uh, I remember when I lived in Port Arthur growing up, and there was a storm coming, and, and uh, my mother and dad and I were going to evacuate, go up to Silsby or someplace like that uh-huh. where we had relatives. And we got on the highway, and it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was bumper to bumper, inching along. And my dad said, never again. <laughs> well, that's never what I again. said after Rita. You know, Katrina, all the news covered, it just scared everybody to death. And then mm-hmm. remember, I mean, Rita was what? A, it was a Cat 5 a couple of times. Ooh, and, yeah. You know, strengthened and then died down to a 4 or whatever. But originally, they, they had trouble predicting that one. That thing was bouncing all, all around. It was supposed to originally hit Corpus. Then they said Rockport. Then Port O'Connor. Then Matagorda. And then when they said Galveston, boy, <laughs> here we go. I mean, the whole city of Houston, everybody, you know, just running like crazy. The the highways and the freeways, everything was the biggest mess I've ever seen in, in my born days. Yeah. But it, yeah. then it ended up going in over at Sabine. And uh, what, a, mm. what a mess that was. Well, I loaded up my immediate family and all other family members, and we said, well, we'll just go to my brother's place, his farm up there in Woodville, and stay with him, you know, and have a little reunion. Well, that wasn't a smart decision because the eye of that came right through Woodville. We, oh my we had to cut up trees for two days so we could get out of there and come home. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, when uh, when Claudette came through and hit Port O'Connor, uh I wrote it out. I said, heck, it's coming through as a cat one. I said, uh, heck, I fish and wind that strong, you know, so I'll just stay here. <laughs> yeah, we have well, thunderstorms that we're like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was a 
two of my buddies on the streets, actually three of them, said they were going to ride it out too. So we were sitting in our houses, and when the eye came over, well, we jumped in our cars and drove around town to see what kind of destruction had been, you know. And I've got some boat stalls, dry boat stalls. I went over to check on them, and they were fine. And and uh, anyway, about an hour or so later, uh, the sky kind of started getting hazy. I said, here comes that second half. And usually that second part's worse than the first, you know. Right. And, boy, we we scuttled back to our houses, got back in our houses just in time, and that second part of that storm hit. And, boy, howdy, it was – I think it was stronger than the first part. Yeah, and then God did show up, as Forrest Gump said. He was mad. <laughs> yeah. I saw some the boat stalls that, that were just to the west of my house. You couldn't see them because of the trees. Well, when that second part hit, there were big sheets of tin flying through the air. They just exploded. It did. They exploded. Yep. Oh, and, boy, man. you wouldn't want to be hit by one of those. No. Mm-hmm. It well, cut you in half. We can thank goodness we've been spared so far this year on the Texas coast, and hopefully oh. uh, it'll play out this way for the rest of the year, and we'll dodge all this. We don't want well, it. Let's hope don't so. need it. Can't handle it. All let's, right, Lynn. I got to roll out of here, bud. If uh, somebody wants to come down to Port O'Connor and fish with you and ride out a hurricane, how they get a hold <laughs> of you? <laughs> I don't think I'm riding anymore. No, anyway. I'm done with that. Yeah, buddy. Uh, they can reach me at 361 361- Nine three five six eight three three. All right, buddy. Lynn, have a good Sunday and I'll talk to you next week. Be safe, my friend. All right, man. You have a good one, Mickey. All right, see you now. All right, top of the hour coming up and national anthem and all that. You're listening to the outdoor show here at Sports Radio six ten. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.